Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I mean, here's a guy that criticizes everybody, whoever they take. He's got the answers to uh, who you should take and who you shouldn't take. And all of a sudden, he's an expert. He's in our paper two days ago telling us who we have to take. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of the Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by NFL Draft analyst Ryan Roberts and Alex Gilstrap. It is Christmas week, folks. Guys, how are you doing? Are you excited for Christmas? Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been the holiday season of first for the baby, so I am ecstatic. We're going to uh, Christmas Day for some reason. We're driving down to Florida with a... You're driving? Yes, we're driving down to Florida. Holy um, crap. Not my idea. I, I, I would hope not. <laughs> I insisted to my wife, like, me and the baby will fly down. We, we can do that if you want to drive down to Florida. But no, we will be driving 11-month-old, stopping in South Carolina, and eventually getting down to Florida. Are, are you going to be stopping and visiting Alex on the way? No. I, I mean, I, I never <laughs> in my life wanted to stop in Georgia for any What? So, yeah. There's a lot more fun in Georgia than there is. Alex, you can meet me in Orlando, okay? You can come down to Orlando. Are you going to Disney World? Where are you going? I, I think we're going to go to Disney World for the baby. I, I, I'm personally more of a Universal guy than Disney World. But uh, like, what? Yeah, man. Oh, Universal's way better than Disney World. 100%. Like, for a little I don't know kid, anyone that has that's that. A, that's a hot take that I disagree with, but we'll go. We'll keep going. Wait, wait. For, for an adult, though? Like, not for it, a, it, like a kid. I Disney just don't. Yeah. It's usually like the second day. You okay, usually go okay. there after you go to Disney World because you, you, I can you agree ran out normal. of time. I can agree if it's just like you and the wife just going right. because rides are better there. I, it more thrill. Sure. But you have a kid. So the ki- with the kid automatically, that's Disney well, yeah. World. Oh, 100%. But I'm saying as, as like, if we're just talking just about in, in a vacuum, being a yeah. 20, 30-year-old man, you you want to go to Universal. You want to ride on the mummy a hundred times. Like, that's what I want to do. You want to go to Harry Potter World and grab a wand or something. Or You're telling me you don't want to ride the teacups with it by yourself? <sighs> no, not personally. <laughs> well, it is Christmas season, so we decided to have a little fun. We're doing a, a corny topic which is the perfect time of year to do that. So we're doing... Uh, idea. So Yeah, it was my idea. I figured I, I'm usually opposed to the corny topics, but <laughs> yeah. I decided to say, you know what? You're in the corny spirit. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the corny spirit. Um, I decided are, to are say... We let's, do, are we going to do like draft crushes on Valentine's Day next year? No, that's like, horrible. No, okay. no, I am not that much of a hack. I will. Re- I refuse to do that, that crap. I, I also will not do the New Year's resolution bit. We're not doing that. <laughs> we're, we get one... Holiday related bit at a time, and that is it. Um, but the holiday bit we're doing today is Christmas lists for fringe playoff teams. So teams that are on the outside looking in or possibly just sneaking their way in on that seventh wild card spot. Players that these teams should be asking for at positions of need that could get them over the hump and turn them into a fringe playoff team into a playoff contending team. Before we get to that, though, folks. I need to tell you about our sponsors. First being Bet Online. You probably got some time off. You're probably sitting on the couch watching some bowl games, watching the random Tuesday night football, which we're going to be getting more and more of, apparently, with the NFL dealing with Omicron outbreaks. If you're doing that, you might as well make things a little more fun, make yourself some money. So head on over to Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website. 
to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Soon to be 2022 season, BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. And unlike my uh, two co-hosts here, I am not single, but Alex and Ryan can attest to the fact that you need to get something nice for your your spouse, whoever your, uh, is in your life, your loved one. And if you're going to do that, get them some light, light box jewelry. Say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the brightest gift of the year using cutting-edge technology and innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of sparkle, creating the highest quality lab-grown diamonds you can find at a light price. $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab. Because of their process, they can create stones in blush pink and beautiful blue, as well as classic white. Lightbox lab-grown diamonds are the gift they'll never want to take off price, so they won't have to. They really do make any outfit sparkle. Visit lightboxjewelry.com and add sparkle to your holiday shopping list. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. All right, we paid the bills. Time to go shopping for some presents. Ryan, we're heading you to you first. What is the team that you want to start off this with? And I, I, I like the one that you picked because um, their need is probably one of the most glaring for a team that if they had this figured out, they'd probably be a, a, a good team right now. Yeah, I, I mean, so Washington football team. So disclaimer, I know you kind of had laid out what the criteria was for this. I picked two teams that are currently on the outside looking in, one of the three out um, one on the NFC side, one on the AFC side. I went with the Washington football team, who is in a muddled, again, NFC East, although the Cowboys look stronger than they have over the last couple years. And obviously the big question mark that they had going into the year was they got Ryan Fitzpatrick, a quarterback, longtime um, bridge quarterback, stopgap type of player. And they were hoping that he would regulate what has been a very inconsistent quarterback spot. He gets hurt first game of the season. Taylor Heineke does some okay stuff at times, but like he's obviously not a guy. Like, let's be honest. He's now hurt. They're down to Kyle Allen again um, after seeing a little bit of him last season. So, the quarterback position has been in shambles. They have a good team, though. I mean, to be honest, the defense underperformed for a large portion of the season, but they have building blocks all over that defense on all three levels. They have Terry McLaurin. They have Curtis Samuel. They have Logan Thomas, although he is hurt now. They have Antonio Gibson. Offensive line is still improving. Uh, Brandon Sheriff, obviously a really good guard. They they got Sam Cosme, who looks like a slam dunk at right tackle for the next few years. So I thought about maybe offensive tackle might be another spot, maybe a true left tackle, but they need a quarterback, man. And it, although it is not the year to maybe need one with what the 2022 class looks like, there's a guy that I'm still very high on if his knee checks out, and that is Carson Strong, quarterback from Nevada. And I think that it's a perfect fit for the Washington football team because if there is some question marks about the knee, he potentially could slide into the team's mid-first round. Like It's very possible. I think if he checks out, he probably he's, he might go top 10 because I think that he has that type of upside. But he's possible in this range with the knee concerns, whether it checks out or not. And I think that he really fits the offense because you have McLaurin, who's a field stretcher. You have Curtis Samuel, who could do stuff as a yak guy and also a field stretcher. You have Logan Thomas, who can stretch the seam. You have guys to run a vertical base, vertical stretch offense. You have those types of dudes, and there is no guy better in this class 
than Carson Strong. There's other quarterbacks in the class like Matt Corral and Malik Willis who are exciting talents, but are they guys that you're going to be comfortable with next year coming into your football team and delivering to potentially be a playoff team? I think if you keep Carson Strong protected with this defense, with these weapons, I think next year you could potentially win the NFC East because I think that this that's that good of a roster. So Carson Strong, quarterback Nevada, to the Washington football team. I think it makes a lot of sense both from a schematic perspective and also from a obvious need perspective. Yeah, I know we're talking, we're, we're taking this approach as, you know, what does this team need now for the rest of these, you know, last, you know, last few games they have on the regular season schedule to make that push into the postseason. But I think long-term looking, this is the need for the Washington, <clears throat> excuse me, this is the need for the Washington football team we've been talking about. They have all the building blocks. You touched on the, especially the defensive side of the football you know, Greg Newsom looks really, really good. Denzel Ward continues to be a, uh, you know, a, a, a key point on that defensive backcourt. Of course, you know, um, it's, whoa, I'm talking Cleveland well, Browns. Yeah, we're talking Washington. Or, or, yeah, with Greg Newsom. I don't know where. I don't know where. Oh, that was, oh, boy, I, oh, sorry. I thought. No, you, I, I really messed up. I thought uh, you had the Browns written down too, Alex. I, no, I, I, uh, I Alex had took a couple down. weeks off. He's just wow. <laughs> I know, what loop. it was. What it was. I had Browns down as my original <laughs> first team. I was looking at their depth chart, and that's they, not even they who got I have. Kendall well, Fuller and yeah. Chase Young, Jonathan Allen, John Allen. Alex. Yeah, I was going to go Chase Young. Though had this yeah, one season. You were doing my year. analysis. Yeah. All right, well, let me, let me get to my team. In a <laughs> I'll, I'll segue to the Browns in one second. I agree with everything that that Ryan said there. That. This team right now, if you look at the rest of the roster, it's very well built, but they're lacking the one thing that has helped them get over the top because mediocre quarterback plays holding back this team from being average to decent to being a quality roster. And going and getting a guy like Carson Strong is going to help do that. They're in a situation where you talked about this not being a great quarterback class. They can't really wait for the next class. And are they going to be able to solve that by trading for one of these behemoth quarterbacks? I don't know if that's necessarily possible, but their best bet is probably going and getting a guy um, like Carson Strong. So the Browns that Alex was all ready to talk about was my team. Um, And this team right now has been dealing with some issues separate from their blatant uh, problems with with COVID that affected their whole entire roster um, against the Raiders and hence why they played on Monday. But I think that the one thing that has clearly been a problem because their defense is so good, their offensive line when fully healthy is really good. They have the run game. Baker Mayfield gets the job done, and they might decide to do something differently there. They need receivers. Odell's gone. He was disgruntled. He left. He's now a Ram, and he's doing fine with the Rams. On top of that, Jarvis Landry inconsistently on the field. Donovan Peoples-Jones looks pretty good. But you look at all the receivers on this roster right now, I don't see any speed. I don't see anybody that is going to create separation that is going to get maybe some splash plays here and there. And I think a guy that might fit with that, what they're what they could be looking for is Chris Olave. We know the guy's going to run in the four, 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 somewhere in that range. Someone like that is going to be dynamic, add a little bit of juice to the to a team that really right now does not have anything going for the receiver group. See, so this is my thing. I agree completely. Wide receiver is number one need, in my mm-hmm. opinion. Like, no mm-hmm. doubt about it. I you don't like the Olave pick, though. Well, I'm going to say, I also think that they do need speed. And if if you're selling me that in second round, they get a, they get a nice little, you know, nice little, um, what, 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 am I, what am I looking Move for? Move up? Here? You get, 
What's that? Like a move up? Like if they trade no, it up? No, not something? a move up. I was going to say value. Value is okay. the word I was looking for. If you get a value like Chris Olave in the second round, I'm good with it because field stretch, vertical type of player, like I'm good. If we're talking the first round in that range, somewhere in the teens, Jamison Williams, Alabama maybe. Really? Brings that. You think, that, yeah. you think Jamison Williams' stock is, is rising that much that he could go in the first round? He could go, He could be the first receiver off the board, potentially. It, wow. it happens every year, man, where like a Speed, wide receiver yeah. who is very fast. I mean, a couple years ago, we had Henry Ruggs go before Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb. Like, it happens mm-hmm. more often than we want to anticipate, you know. And Jalen Waddle goes last year before Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. So it's – and I mean, although he should have, but, like, that's just an example of, like, speed rising a little bit. So I think Jameis Williams – the other guy I'll say, not quite the same body type stylistically, but I think the other thing that the, the receiver core does lack for the Cleveland Browns is they don't have any size either. Like, it's not yeah. just speed. They also don't have size. So, like, let's give them size and speed – give him Trey Lon Burks. I knew <laughs> you were going to say that. I knew that was coming. <laughs> just say it, man. Let's give him DK, DK 2.0. I was like. just about to say that. The massive man who can't turn. Uh, Alex, what was your point, though, that we just <laughs> we had to redirect no, and come back listen, for? <laughs> yeah, so th- what I was going to say is this defense, the Cleveland Browns defense, you know, they have a lot to be excited about as far as youth building blocks. On the offensive side of the football, they have a great running game almost so great versus their passing game that it can be, if, if minimized, their offense can't do anything. So we need more, like you said, receiving threats to push the ball down the football field. I agree with the speed. And so I agree in that sense with Ryan's point of someone like a Traylon Burks with that size uh, that they are lacking or, or even Jamison Williams with that game breaking speed. I think those are the kind of fits that Baker Mayfield to stretch that field vertically allows Nick Chubb and, uh, you know, this running game, a little bit more room as far as the first couple levels of the defense, um, you know, moving forward. So, Alex, let's kick it on over to you. We've got another AFC team, one that stomped the Patriots on Saturday. And this team looks pretty good. And I think that they're actually going to make that final push despite a slow start to get into the playoffs. But you decided to go with the Colts here. What, do you, what need are you feeling for them? Yeah, see, this Colts team has been one of my favorite teams to watch over the last what month and a half or so as they've, they've kind of got hot they've hit a, a hot streak here. A lot of that's to be said about the defense. The defense has been phenomenal for the Indianapolis Colts, arguably the best defense in the NFL this year to this point. Running game is phenomenal. They have arguably the best running back in, in the NFL at this point, Jonathan Taylor, one of the best offensive lines. So if we want to complete the picture and make this a true Super Bowl contender, we just need to elevate that that passing game. And Ryan, you touched on this when talking about the Washington football team and their need at quarterback. This might not be the year to replace your quarterback. And and though I think Carson Wentz is a replaceable level player, I don't see someone in this year's draft class that automatically means upgrade uh, over Carson Wentz for the rest of this season, pushing towards the playoffs. So I'm going to give them a receiving threat. Uh, love Michael Pittman. I think he does a, a lot of great things. He's seen a you know a big jump in his sophomore season. Um, T.Y. Hilton is someone that struggled to stay on the field uh, to this point in this year. Zach Paschal's a guy, but, you know, the tight end position is kind of lacking, but there's not really um, too much to be excited about in this year's tight end class. And so I wanted to go Jahan Dotson. That's where my head went first. Um, but then I remembered the Indianapolis Colts do not have a first round pick. So I want to put a little bit more realism in this pick. So I picked Zay Flowers from Boston College, who I think is 
has some similarities in, as Jahan Dotson. I think he's got a little bit more speed than what Dotson has, which I think could play well into what Indianapolis wants to do as far as we talked about it with Cleveland, stretching the field so that the running game can uh, continue to get that boost that it's been getting to this point. I think uh, adding something to that receiving core, something in the middle there as T.Y. Hilton you know, is aging and is struggling to stay on the field, I think Zay Flowers is a perfect fit for this Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I mean, we talked about, we talked about it just before we started that they had traded their first round pick to the Philadelphia Eagles because I was looking at your list and I was like, wait, Zay in, in the first round? But now it makes total sense. Yeah, um, yeah, Dotson would be awesome if he falls to that spot, but like more than likely, probably yeah, right. going a little too early there. Zay Flowers is a lot of things that T.Y. Hilton has done, mm-hmm. which you said, who just can't stay healthy. Like, let's call yep. it what it is. He's he's been an all time great Colts player. He's been a very very good football player, speed merchant. Like he does a lot does a lot of great things. But getting a guy like Zay is a lot of fun. Maybe a guy a little deeper into the class. Maybe a guy like Calvin Austin from Memphis would be mm-hmm. a lot of fun too. And that like that similar kind of body type role. Yeah. So I I think that's a great pick. I, I think it's a great need, and I, I think that they are desperate in need of, of speed outside with a guy like Carson Wentz who likes to throw the ball down the field a little bit. So. Mm-hmm. I also feel like the Colts might be a team that because they don't have that first round pick, they could possibly be in play to to go and trade for somebody or, or sign a free agent just based on. That does seem to be one of their biggest needs right now is trying to figure out an additional receiving option separate from Michael Pittman because it feels like he's he's doing all the work right now. Um, Ryan, heading over to your second team, the Dolphins. One and seven to start the year. Now seven and seven on this crazy surge, buoyed by playing some really crappy football teams. They might have the most obvious glaring need on this list. What is the need that you're going to be getting them for Christmas? I mean, it's offensive line in general. There, I, I could literally mock a tackle, guard, or center to Miami, and it would be an obvious upgrade. They Austin Jackson was so bad at left tackle. They moved him into guard, and he's been bad at guard too. And they are trying to get by with Lee Meikenberg right out at left tackle. I, I just, I don't think Lee Meikenberg's a tackle. I just don't like. He just has short arms, and it just has not been great. Like he and you have over at right tackle Jesse Davis has been starting, who should not be starting in the NFL. So you need an offensive tackle, and this might be a stretch because maybe he would not be in this range. Maybe he'll go a little bit beforehand because he's had a great season. But I put Charles Cross from Mississippi State down because for me. They need a true blind side protector. They need a guy who can play left tackle relatively early in the league. So I think that he is the best true blind side player in, in this class. He's And I was admittedly hesitant on him for a long time in the summer specifically. Body type was worried if he was going to be able to hold a lot of weight. Well, he's added that weight and he looks good. He needs to look better. And I don't I still don't think that he is the strongest run blocker of all time. But as a pure blindside protector, I'm in on a guy like a Charles Cross. And I think that he is the most clear blindside protector in this class because we have Evan Neal, who is definitely going to be gone at this pick. Definitely. And then you have a bunch of guys after that that are right tackle only type of players, in my opinion. The guys like Trevor Penning. And Daniel Falele, and I'm not a big Nicholas Petit Friere fan. Like, mm-hmm. there's just not a guy in that first round conversation who is a true blindside protector, in my opinion. I think that this class lacks those true blindside protectors. I still love Sean Ryan. 
I don't know if Sean Ryan's going to be drafted in, the, in this range. If he is, then he would also be in play. But I put Charles Cross because, again, in the first round, I don't think there's a lot of true left tackle types this year. So I think it makes a lot of sense for Mississippi State, Charles Cross. Yeah, no, I think that does a couple things for that offense. You know, we talked about before the show about how Miami has just done such a great job of uh, as of late. I think they're on a what five, six game winning streak. What are they at now? Um, uh, six, I six. Believe yeah. Right so won, I mean, so they won. They went two and zero, oh, and then they yep. lost seven straight, and now they've won five in a row. So they went. They literally had a two-game winning streak, a seven-game losing streak, and a five-game winning streak. That's been That's their insane. season so far. Talk about it's a crazy. team built on momentum. But yeah. to, like you said, the the biggest deficiency this team has is their offensive line. And so taking someone like Charles Cross not only gives you an automatic upgrade at left tackle, but you get to move someone like Liam Eikenberg, who's currently manning the left tackle position, move him over to his nat- more natural position where he played at Notre Dame and came out at right tackle. I think that's uh, you know going to be more comfortable for him moving forward as your you know the, the the day two pick that they took last year, and it just you know further allows this offense to succeed as they have as of late. Yeah, I, I think that it, given that a team like that on offensive line that struggles at multiple positions, I think giving them options is huge. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, kind of illustrating there, getting a Charles Cross, letting Eichenberg potentially play right tackle or inside a guard, competing at a different spot. Uh, you have Robert Hunt at right guard who is a starting caliber guard yeah. moving forward. Mm-hmm. So like he's solidified Michael Dieter's passport center. Maybe he's your guy next year, but you need competition at right tackle. At least you need competition at left guard. At least there's two positions outside of drafting, potentially a left tackle that need to be upgraded. So getting some type of competition at other spots, I think is vital. And they're getting some of their weapons back on top of that. Devonte Parker's coming back, you know, Jalen Waddle, mm-hmm. I think is supposed to play next week off the COVID list. So this team has what it takes to really make a run here late. I mean, next year too, they they were a team that we knew was capable of being good, and and two is might be a little slow to develop, but the the offensive line thing is the only thing that's going to help a guy like that. Being stupid and drafting another position is only going to perpetuate the same issues. We have a perfect example of what that's like with the New York Giants that I get to watch every <laughs> single week. Uh, heading over to my second team and what they're asking for for Christmas, I went with the Minnesota Vikings, who. Are not doing so great this year. They're below 500. They're about to play on Monday Night Football when we're taping this, and, and they might be able to push themselves into that that seventh wild card spot because the competition for that last seventh spot is pretty weak at the moment. Um, but they're still pretty lacking along the offensive line, similar to the Miami Dolphins, and it makes us wonder if they were a little bit better at certain spots in their line if they'd be more consistent in some of these games on offense. Garrett Bradbury has not been very good at center since they drafted him. He has not been very good at all. I asked you guys beforehand. I'm like, we can all agree that Bradbury sucks. And we all said, yeah, he's, he's bad. So for the Vikings, if they're picking in that teen range, I think it's fairly realistic for Tyler Linderbaum, the Iowa center to be in that range. So for Christmas, I'm going to be giving the Vikings Tyler Linderbaum, Linderbaum uh, the Iowa center, they need help on the offensive line, and a guy like him plugging him into the middle could be a nice fit. Yeah, uh, it's it's a really good pick, I think, for that spot specifically because we've talked about Linderbaum. He's a little scheme-dependent, but you're putting him into the same scheme that you drafted Gary Bradbury to play, which is that wide zone system. So schematically, it makes sense. I wonder, though, and, and this is no knock on Linderbaum, I wonder from a Vikings fan's perspective, if they would be like, oh no, been here, done that with the with the zone scheme yeah. like you know what I mean? Like even though it's it's 
just in a vacuum because we, I mean, I think everybody can agree that Litterbaum is a much better prospect than Bradbury yes. was coming out of NC state. But I want, I just curious if there'd be like some hesitation in like the back of Minnesota Viking fans minds to be like, Oh man, we're doing this again. There's we're always hesitation. So it's, over. it's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's going to happen. I'm just like, I'm just trying to like get into their mind a little bit. Cause I'm like, I, I can just imagine them being like, no, not another zone only center. Please. For the love <laughs> of God, don't do this to me again. <laughs> Well, the thing about this Minnesota Vikings team is I think they're going to find themselves have a lot of holes all of a sudden. I Obviously, they, they have Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook who are top of the game as far as youthful guys at their skill positions on the offense side of the football. But they just cut, what, Brashad Breland, who started every game at them at corner. So they're, they're going to have a hole at corner. They already have a hole at safety. I, I would say that defensive line could use some help, uh, you know, especially on the interior. This team is – Got a lot of exciting talent on the offensive side of the football, but without the the stellar offensive line play, I think they're going to be a little bit, you know, um, capped as far as what they're able to accomplish. And that defense is going to have a lot of holes on it, uh, you know, looking forward to the future. So let's get to this last team. Alex, you're picking for this last one. The Eagles benefited from a light schedule as of late, still losing to the Giants. Probably not going to make the playoffs just based on talent oh, no. it's some wonder if they should be asking for a quarterback this year but this year might not be the year to do it they might roll with Jalen Hurts if that does happen with one of their three many picks uh who do you think the Giants or sorry the Eagles rather I don't know I said Giants the Eagles <laughs> should be asking for I don't know Ryan <laughs> I don't know Joe I you're I think you're underselling the Eagles chance at getting into the postseason because uh, like you said, that seventh spot, that sixth, seventh spot in the playoffs for the NFC side of things and the wild card is pretty bad. And the Eagles are well in the hunt. That is fair. And with four games on their schedule, three of which are w- between Washington and the Giants, I think those are three easily winnable football games, especially with uh, Hertz. You know, he's on track to play again, you know, to start again this coming Sunday against Washington. Uh, two games against Washington, one game against the Giants. That's three easily winnable games for the Eagles, and then they they round it off with uh you know they finish it off with the Dallas Cowboys, who could see themselves in a in a situation uh you know where 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 they're at in the post playoffs as far as seeding goes is pretty locked in. They may sit a couple guys, you know. I, it, we have a lot left to be played out, but the Eagles have a really good chance of making a postseason. And for me, what I think, obviously, you mentioned quarterback could be an upgrade spot, but as far as it, Making a run this year, I think it's going to come in that defensive backcourt, something we've been talking about for a couple years now. So I picked uh, Andrew Booth Jr., who I think is, you know, with the Eagles currently sitting in that early teens area of the draft. And, you know, if they're going to make a run, they're going to get pushed back a little bit further. I think Andrew Booth is well, you know, in the cards for them to be able to select. And I think opposite Darius Slay, this Eagles defense, you know, moving forward, playing against Washington, playing against uh, the Giants, who lo- it looks like their their passing game is just not a strength of theirs, but if you can really shut down that passing attack for the for the following three weeks that are coming up here and and force these these opponents to prioritize the run game, I think the Eagles put themselves in a really good situation as far as uh, winning the next three games at least, putting themselves in the playoff picture. And you know, I don't know if they make a run with Andrew Booth, but it gives them a better opportunity to solidify three wins here over the next three weeks and get themselves into the playoffs. I have three points. Three points, Joe. Ready? Go for it. Number one, 
Gardner Minshew, Minshew Mania, baby. Uh, number two. Are you buying into that? <laughs> no, well, no, I, I just think it's so funny being a guy that lives right outside of Philadelphia, like it, and not be, and also not being an Eagles fan. It's just the funniest thing in the world. Um, because Jalen Hurts is hashtag not it. If anybody uh had it, wasn't uh, wasn't sure about that one, so he's he's hashtag not it. Okay. Uh, number two, number two. Hip with the times, Ryan Roberts. How do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> um, number two, number two is that will be on the video. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, number two is. I'm glad that the Eagles still have no top 10 picks because for a while there, I was like, oh, shite. They might be able to get Kyle Hamilton. So, no, don't let them get Kyle Hamilton. Um, but And then the third point is that I agree with you, Alex. It is definitely a need. Darius Slay, his play had a great season. But on the other side, you got Steven Nelson, who's fine. Just kind of a guy, though, at this point. Not what he was a couple years ago with the Steelers. And outside of that, like they have a solid nickel in, in Avante Maddox. But like if Steven Nelson is gone, their best, best outside corner is Zach McPherson, the rookie from Texas Tech. Like they just don't have depth at that position. They don't have a guy at that position. So having a guy like Andrew Booth paired with a guy like Darius Slay gives you a lot more versatility to blitz. You know, they, they've been notorious th- this year, though, with not being aggressive on the front end. And I, and I, think that part of that has to do with that they only have one real difference maker in the secondary it's a secondary of just guys otherwise so getting a guy like an Andrew Booth or just an impact guy on the other side of a guy like Darius Slay I think gives you so many more possibilities on the on the front in your in your front seven right I I feel like that if they don't take a corner at some point in the first round with one of those three picks that would be a like a total mismanagement of of decision making. They they need to get another corner, and it's pretty obvious. I mean, their defensive line's still good; it's still aging. Um, but linebacker and corner is just still so terrible for the Eagles. It needs to be addressed. I also think, and I and again, I think it helps to improve the the ability to potentially bring pressure. You know, you're you're bringing you know simulated pressure to a degree. But I think the Eagles are like first or second in the league right now in lowest amount of sacks. They only have like 20-something sacks. So like defensive end right. might be another spot because they have yeah. Josh Sweat, who's like, eh. And then they Barnett, have the Bra- yeah. Brandon Graham's coming back from an Achilles injury next year. Derek Barnett's going to be out the building. Like maybe a defensive end opposite would be another way to go. But – they definitely, I mean, honestly, if they would have had three top 10 picks, I would have went safety, defensive end, and corner. Like, those mm-hmm. would have been the three spots for me because mm-hmm. I think that defensively they really need to fix it, and I don't think this is the year to fix it at the quarterback position, unfortunately. Well, and you bring in linebacker need in that, too. I think this is honestly a good class to be – obviously, you never want to be in the Philadelphia Eagles position because I just don't think they're a good football team. But with right. the, the blatant needs they have on the defensive side of the football, I think – and with three first-round picks – I think it, you can really fill those positions of need with with good talent in this year's class. I think it's a good corner class. It's a real, it's a good linebacker class at the top. Uh, if you're looking at them in you know that fringe day one, day two range, uh, right. I think there's some talent here for for the Eagles to take advantage of. Well, unfortunately for the Eagles, they'll never draft a linebacker in the first round. They have <laughs> right. 1979, so right. they, uh, they'll never do it. But I think they definitely should be in the conversation this year, to, to say the least. Because I mean, honestly, and this is. You know, hindsight is is you know is is twenty twenty. But Micah Parsons, they took Devonta Smith over Micah Parsons. <laughs> oh my God, yes. that's going to be an infamous decision. And the fact that the Giants got swindled out of that also is is Ugh. makes it so much worse. 
it's so bad, man. It's so, so bad because you you literally trade it back with the Cowboys and you let the Cowboys sit there and draft Micah Parsons. Settling. And now he torments you. He Arguably the best player you. in this draft when it's all said and done. Could be. But I, I Possible about this. defensive player of the year, too, yeah. which is insane to say. He was the second, uh, third highest rated player I had last year, and they mm-hmm. got him in pick 12. Like it was yep. for me. Trevor Lawrence, Penny Sewell, and then Michael Parsons. He was he was three for me. Just flip. I think you had what Kyle Pitts up there somewhere in that top yeah, I th- I five. Think, I think he was four or five. Like him and Chase were four or five. I forget what it went. Was. It went Lawrence. It went uh, uh, Kyle Sewell. Pitts, and oh, no yeah. Sewell was four. And then I had uh, I had Kyle Pitts two. I had Michael Parsons three. Penny Sewell four. Wow. Dude, Parsons is Parsons looks like he is like. And it's crazy because I didn't think he would be doing this much stuff on the edge, but like he actually he looks like he is Patrick Willis and Lawrence Taylor combined. Like it is just silly what he's doing right now. It doesn't he's make goofy. any sense. Yeah. Goofy good. All right, goofy folks, good. that's gonna be it from <laughs> us on the uh Believe in NFL Draft Prospects podcast. Enjoy your Christmas, and we're gonna be coming at you with uh, some interviews this week. Uh, and we'll also be back next week following the holidays. Talk to you soon, folks. Enjoy your holiday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.